Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, charges of sexual assault have been dropped against a Disney Cruise Line magician. We could say he made them magically disappear. Uh, Disney starts testing dog-friendly rooms at select resorts, and the Internet loses its mind. We're going to discuss that coming up. And we're also going to talk about what you should do with first-timers to Walt Disney World when you bring them on vacation with you. Uh, And we're going to have a discussion here on what we think is better, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party or Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 962, for the week of October 17th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Mr. Sean Falk. Hi. Mr. Steve Porter. Hello. Ms. Julie Martin. Hi. And back in the production nook, Craig. Hi. Is your mic on? Nope. Second week in a row I did that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yesterday when we were pre-recording some shows, Rhino couldn't figure out how to turn his off. <laughs> Turns out you just turned the volume up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you are having a good week. Um, a couple things in housekeeping. First, I want to let you know that the promotion, uh, the fundraiser for Give Kids the World that was scheduled to end last Friday has, in fact, been extended through October 27th. Uh, this has been an enormous, enormous success, far exceeding uh, their expectations and they've decided to run it for a little while longer. So you have until October 27th to have a shot at spending a night in the Dream Suite uh, at, uh, right? It's the Dream Suite. Yes. At uh, Cinder- in C- um, Cinderella Castle. Cinderella Castle Suite, I think most people call it. Well, but it was dreams- part of a year of million dreams. Yeah, so whatever. It's the suite at the top of the castle. <laughs> Nobody gets to stay there. Very few people have ever had that experience. You have an opportunity by going to omaze.com, O-M-A-Z-E.com, and uh, just signing up gets you a, a, an entry for free. And, of course, you can buy more entries to increase your chances of winning all of these proceeds go to Give Kids the World, um, an amazing organization that we have been very blessed to partner with and have been, uh, we consider among our, our best friends uh, in the community. And they do amazing, amazing work for children with life-threatening illnesses and their families who want to come to Walt Disney World. So uh, head over to omaze.com, be as generous as you can. And of course, if you are... Um, willing to donate $1,500 or more during that promotion, and you send a receipt showing that to podcast at disunplugged.com, you can have dinner with some of the team um, here in here in Orlando. So, uh, and we've got, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm blown away by how many people have taken us up on this. Uh, we've, got, we've got a few dinners scheduled already, a few more that we need to schedule. Um, so really excited. Some people have been incredibly generous um, with their donations. So we're doing our part. This is not our fundraiser. This is direct from Give Kids the World. We're just doing our part to try and promote it, get it out there, and help them raise as much money as possible. We know from experience uh, what great work they do, and we want to do all we can to help. So uh, help share the magic. And uh, in the process, you might have a chance to have a once-in-a-lifetime experience spending the night in Cinderella Castle at the Magic Kingdom. Um, Also, just want to remind everybody that uh, we produce many shows throughout the week. And if you want to check them out, head over to disunplugged.com. You'll find all the shows we do there. But I want to make special mention that uh, since it's October, it's a Connecting with Walt month. And... uh, I know Craig and uh, Michael Bowling have worked hard on these on these episodes. Is there you know what's coming up this week? Um, coming up this week is and you're still on me. 
Oh, yes, I am. Uh, coming up this week is uh, a interview about Walt Disney during World War One, if I can remember correctly, with author David Lesjack. And uh, we are still waiting on uh, episode two to be released on Tomorrowland. Had massive technical problems with it, and uh, Craig I, failed. I did. I did not fail. There was uh, some difficulties with it. Michael's in China, so I'm trying not to bother him uh, right now. So hopefully that episode will be out by the end of tonight, and uh, it'll be almost as perfect as when we recorded it for the first time. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. There you have it. So, uh, anything else for housekeeping? No, really, really, nothing. Okay. So um, now I do want to mention that last week kind of uh, changed things up a little bit. Uh, it wasn't really thought out. Um, I just didn't have any news stories that I was really happy with. So we kind of went to a discussion format um, and people really, really liked it. So, um, you know, I, I kind of have I, I kind of feel like we cover the news throughout the week on the Daily Fix Um I still want to do some coverage of the news in this show, but I think, you know, after the response we got last week to everything, I want to kind of move things more into that discussion realm as much as I can. So we're going to be playing around with things. And like this week, it's kind of a hybrid. Uh, we have uh, one news story that isn't really a discussion news story, but I thought was important to mention. We have another news story that is a good discussion story. And then we have a topic that caught my attention from one of the articles that was published on the Diz this week. So let's go ahead and get started. The first story is uh, charges against Canadian citizen Andrew Pogson, who performs as a magician under the name Freddie Fusion, have been dropped by prosecutors. According to the Orange Osceola State's Attorney's Office, the sexual battery case could not be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Pogson was charged in February of 2016 after a woman accused him of sexually assaulting her while she was too inebriated to provide consent. The alleged event took place in a room shared by the two at the Marriott Hotel on Augusta National Drive in Orlando on February 13, 2016. The woman stated that although the room was shared and they had slept in the same bed on the previous night, she had made clear to him that their relationship was strictly friendship. After spending the next day drinking at Epcot, she became extremely intoxicated. The two returned to the hotel. She fell asleep after ordering room service and claims that she awoke to find Pogson sexually assaulting her. He was charged with sexual battery of someone who was physically helpless to resist and taken to the Orange County Jail. Pogson denied the charges and claims that it was consensual. Uh, He also uh, has performed as a stage musician at a number of venues, one of those being for Disney Cruise Line. At the time of the charges, uh, Disney Cruise Line suspended their relationship with him pending the case's outcome. So... Uh, kind of a, a timely story, given um, the. Uh, are you going to switch back to me? Or <laughs> I am. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if you were asleep back there. No. Um, the uh, it's kind of a timely story, given a lot of what's in the news with Harvey Weinstein and a lot of people coming forward. Um, and I want to make it clear that um, the state's attorney didn't find that there was no merit to this. They said they could not prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, I've seen some comments uh, online that, you know, well, what did she expect? She was sleeping in the same bed with him, blah, 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 blah. No means no. And she clearly stated the night before, as she said, that we're just friends. Right. No means no. And... Now, I, there's been no comment from Disney as to whether or not they're going to reinstate him. I'm guessing probably not. Hopefully not. Um, you know, I I tread lightly because the man was not found guilty. So under our system of, of, of justice, innocent until proven guilty. But I would imagine that Disney would probably err on the side of caution here. Um Get, you know, I think it would have been one thing if he'd gone through a trial and was found not guilty. Yeah. That didn't happen here. So I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, sad story. Sad story nonetheless. So wanted to talk about that. Um, but I really want to get to this next story because this one has me baffled, folks. 
has me absolutely positively baffled at the incredible response people are having to this announcement. Disney announced last week that as beginning on uh, beginning this past Sunday, the 15th, select Walt Disney World Resort hotels would allow guests to bring up to two of their dogs. Uh, Disney's Yacht Club Resort, Disney's Port Orleans uh, Riverside, uh, the Art of Animation Resort, and the cabins at the Fort Wilderness Campground are all part of the test. Um, And they're accepting reservations for the testing phase through October of next year. They are charging an additional fee. And here's the rub, folks. They're charging an additional fee of $75 per day if you're utilizing the service at the Yacht Club, uh, $50 per day at the other three resorts. Um, There's a Pluto's Welcome Kit a mat with bowls, a pet ID tag, courtesy plastic disposable bags, puppy pads, and dog walking maps. Um, additionally, rooms with a dog staying in them will receive a Pluto-themed Do Not Disturb door hanger to notify hotel staff that there is a dog in the room. Dog must be leashed in public areas, vaccinated, well-behaved. Um, so I heard this. You know, I was out in California when the story came out. And Charles, my friend Charles, Charles Boda, um, you know, texted me. He's like, we can bring Abby to, you know, to the resorts. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. When I went to the boards and I looked at the response this was getting and how upset people were about this, mm-hmm. dog lovers mm-hmm. included, mm-hmm. I was baffled. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, baffled. I understand one thing and that a lot of people are upset with uh, well, two things really. I think the two big two are barking. If dogs are bark, if you just leave them in the room and you're trying to take an afternoon nap, you come back from the park to take an ap- afternoon nap, and your neighbor has a dog that they've left that's just continuously barking, and uh, allergies. And okay. I think the second thing can be handled by well, one simple thing. Well, here's the thing: Does anybody really believe? That Disney is not going to designate a certain block of rooms right. that are going to be pet-friendly rooms. That's exactly what And only saying. rent them yeah. in that capacity. Yep. So and people are reacting as though any room in the hotel could possibly have a pet in it. Random. No. You go look at what Universal does. Universal has this down with science. They're all pet-friendly hotels. They have a certain area on the first floor that are pet friendly. It's just like smoking and non-smoking rooms, right? Well, they don't do smoke. Well, I meant like when they used to. Yes. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so yes. these are dog rooms. These right. are not dog rooms. Any Anybody that's been to a pet friendly hotel, kind of you, you, when you check in with your dog, you have to sign all this paperwork too. And some, some places, <laughs> depending on what it is, there are things, it's, it's like when you go to the dog park, if any of the dog shows aggression, it has to be removed mm-hmm. immediately. If yep. they, if it's excessive barking or disturbances to other people, it has to be removed as well. So it's kind of like, you know, there are people who I'm sure are going to bring their dogs that never shut up that are going to go, but like then Disney's going to tell them like, hey, unfortunately, yep. your animal has to be, you know. Well, in, in that, in those cases, they can yeah. be brought to uh, best friends' pet care. Hopefully, if there's enough room. Right. Well, that's but that that therein lies the problem. That availability at mm-hmm. best friends' pet care is tough to get. It's a tough reservation. I remember uh, there was a period where. I was putting, I put Abby in there a few times and they were wonderful. They were fantastic. Um, service was great. The facility was very clean. They really were great with her. My problem was getting, getting her in, mm. um, finding availability mm-hmm. there. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so, you know, scenario like what you were just saying, Rhino, yeah. where, you know, the dogs, you know, not behaving properly and has to be removed put them over in best friend's pet care, but there's no availability. Mm-hmm. You're a thousand miles away from home. What do you what do? You what do, do, you yeah. do? Right. My, my th- I'm sure that they'll install some sort of kennel facilities like they used to have, maybe? Well, they still have like the kennel facility at the TTC, but that's not and that's not overnight. That's just a during-the-day kennel facility, I believe. But, but, but this is now- also... Oh, sorry. This is part of bringing your dog, though. Like, this is the risk you take yeah. if you bring the dog. I, that's the thing. And also, you don't bring a dog that doesn't behave with you. That's yeah. kind of how it goes, too. It's it's like you don't bring people that don't well, behave no. with you, too. Like- I, okay, when, you know, when, when I had Max, um, 
I brought him to the Hard Rock, staying at the Hard Rock. So I wanted to try it out. Max, incredibly well-behaved dog. He was very, very well-behaved. Um, the minute I walked out of the room, I got halfway down the hall. Hmm. It was the first time in my life I've ever heard him howl. Yeah. He was howling. He did not want to be there without me. Yeah. It was strange. He didn't know. He had, And I swear, he had never done it. He wasn't a barky dog. No. I mean, he would if like he heard something around Max the house. Wasn't. He was not obnoxious at all. He was incredibly well behaved. Did not do. So I, I, like, I literally turned around and went back to the room. I was going out to dinner with a friend that night, and I actually called the rest because it was uh, it was the the Palm Restaurant there in the in the Hard Rock. I called them and said, "Can I place an order? Come pick it up and bring it back to my room. My dog's not going to let me leave." <laughs> And we stayed that night, and then I brought him home the next day because, now, fortunately, I live here. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, Easy. a 10-, 15-minute drive back to my house. Um, but on this thread, trial run for dogs in resort rooms over on our uh, Disney Resorts forum on disboards.com, uh, there's a poll at the top of this. Uh, yes or no. Very simple poll. Um over uh, almost 1,100 responses mm. to this, mm. 86% of them saying no. Don't bring your dog? Don't wow. bring your dog. Yeah, I mean... I agree with that statement, I but agree, yeah. I have vacationed with my dogs, yeah. and it was in no way fun. I mean, you have to walk them. You, you know, get up and walk them. Get up and feed them. Like, you're at home. I do that when I'm at home. I really yeah. don't want to have to take care of my dogs when I'm on vacation, you know? <laughs> I, I there, So there is the other half of that where I, I agree with you. If I was just going somewhere kind of... I don't, I don't know. I live here. And yeah. what I would love to do, I live in a place where, unfortunately, my area is going downhill faster and faster. And there's a lot of irresponsible dog owners in that area. And my dogs are suffering from that. And there's less and less places to take them for a walk so they're not getting the exercise they want so the idea to me where now i can do because i live here like i could do a three night stay at fort wilderness um in the cabin maybe now with the three of them i would be going just to be experiencing the resort with them so i would stay with that was my i'm going on the vacation with the animal i'm not going to a theme park with them i'm not or i'm not leaving them while i go into a theme park you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i would love to do that but I, it's exactly what you said. You know, I, I, mean, I read this whole article about like yeah. you don't bring dogs on vacation and because of that. If you fly from like Minnesota, you yeah. have to fly down with them, get them through the airport. I just sound, mm. I think it sounds like so much more stress, especially if you already have children and you're bringing children and dogs. That's yeah. a friggin' circus. Well, like, <laughs> for Kylie and I, like we, anytime we travel, especially like back up home, we have to do it in one day because we have Elvis with us. I know there's dog friendly hotels, but. It's, you know, like to stay at the really nice ones, you know, you basically, our option is staying at the Lowe's in Washington, D.C. Your mom and and dad don't let you stay with them? No, they do, but (laughs) I mean, it's a 16-hour drive to go straight from here up to to where they live. So, but, and then also when we're here, like if we have opportunities where we need to go and cover stuff uh, every now and then, Pete gives, uh, you know, Pete will just say like, why don't you guys go stay somewhere for two days and uh, do a review on something? A lot of times it just, you know, we have to then scramble. Who's going to watch our dog? Yeah. And now if it's like, oh, yeah, uh, we'll send stay at the yacht club for two nights. Now, if there's a room available, we can both go and enjoy yeah, and well, that's, not that's, have of to course, worry about but it's not a vacation. Do you know uh, what I'm saying? Like, it's, like, right. it's a staycation. Right, it's a staycation. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that you're not traveling from a far away, yeah. and you're local, and you're doing this for a job. But so every- I'm just bringing your dog along is great. I get that. But you're also not going to be spending 12 hours in a theme park. Everyone vacations be, differently. Right, well, but you're right. going to be in your room a little more often than the typical Disney World guest. See, I, I love, uh, you know, look, I love the thought of being, you know, I travel a lot. Um, and I'll be honest, the, <clears throat> the worst part of traveling for me is I miss Abby, something fierce, when I'm gone. Um, the thought of being able to have her with me, and again, it's a little different for me because I live here, so if it doesn't work out, there's not a big, you know, there's not a big issue for me to just hop in the car and bring her back home. Um, but, you know, um, we I, I refer to... Uh, Amanda as the dog nanny. Uh, Amanda is the woman who trained Abby. Uh, I, when she was like four months old, she went in for training with uh, Amanda. 
And then, you know, a couple more times after that, one of the reasons she's so well-behaved is because Amanda is amazing. Every Dog Has Its Day is the name of her company. Nice little plug for her. Um, if you want incredible training for your dog, Amanda's, Amanda's your, your, your girl. Um, and she loves Abby, and so she will take Abby for me when I go. And she's got, a, you know, lives on a farm now, and she's got a big, you know, big plot of land. And Abby can go, you know, run and has other dogs there, and that's good for her to, you know, because mm-hmm. she's an only she's an only child here. So she gets to socialize with other dogs. Um, that's an ideal situation, you know, as opposed to locking her in a hotel room while I'm out for you know six or seven hours. Um, now, Abby's very good. She does not go in the house, and she has been I, – I don't do it routinely. But I think the longest I've ever left her alone was like 10 hours. And, yeah, she had to go when I got back. But usually I'll have, like, my mom come over and let her out or whatever. But um, in a situation like this, I don't really have that option. So I think part of this test requires that you can't leave the dog alone for any more than seven hours at a clip. Okay. So you have to come back. That's good to know. That's good. At some point uh, to take the dog out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that housekeeping will come into your room. Yeah, they actually have the do not disturb Pluto themed yeah. uh, do not disturb tags that you put on the door. To so select. then not only are you saying, OK, no housekeeping and you have a dog in your room. I don't know. But <laughs> you're also, like a mess to me. And this is this is the, the point that needs to be made. This is not being done because Disney suddenly felt the need to embrace dog owners. There's a $50 a night surcharge, and there it is. That's why Disney's doing this. It's a way to upcharge these rooms, $50 at Art of Animation, Fort Wilderness, and Port Orleans Riverside, 75 if you uh, do it at Yacht Club. It- and, uh, you know, think about that. You know, these rooms are already expensive, and now you're adding another $50 a night. By comparison, Best Friends Pet Care... Prices range anywhere from $44 a night for a basic indoor kennel uh, to $91 a night for the suite with the indoor-outdoor access and the flat-screen television and turn-down service and all this other stuff. Um, So, you know, it's... And you can go over to Best Friends. And visit. Anytime you want and visit. I remember the first time I left her there, left Abby there. You know, it was her first time in a kennel. I was nervous. And we were doing something. I think we were doing a seven and seven. Um, and I was running back and forth to best friends like twice a day. Um, and I, you know, take her outside and run with her. And she would see me and she was okay. She got a little nervous when I left. But then, you know, she, as long as she was seeing me on some kind of regular basis, she didn't feel like she'd been abandoned. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I like the option. Because, again, well-behaved. You know, she doesn't, you know, go to the bathroom inside. She's, I mean, just, she's, she's just well-behaved. So I, I like the thought. And I will try this. Mm-hmm. I will absolutely try this. But I also know that I'll be a neurotic mess in the parks thinking about her. Like, yeah. is she okay? Is she okay? Is she I mean, it, to me, it's like, if I could spend $75 a day... I feel like I could pay one of my friends back at home to come check on my dog and leave it in the house where it's comfortable. I could even probably pay him $75 a day to sleep at my house with the dog. I mean, if somebody offered me that, I would go for 75 bucks a day. So there you have it, folks. Over, Sean, so. Drop your dogs off yeah. at Sean's house. And I'll just sleep there with the dog. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's like a crazy amount of money. What are you supposed to do if this dog like destroys the room? I mean, obviously you're going to get charged a bunch of money, but if your dog freaks out and this happens, like, and I know you have to sign a lot of paperwork of, you I know, should... the dogs had shots, but what if the dog hasn't had shots? I just, well, I think, no, I mean, normally, I'm sorry, Ryan, let me just interject here. Um, normally you have to bring recent paperwork yes. from your vet certifying that the dog is up to date <clears throat> on all its shots. But what if you hadn't? I mean, what would you do? Then when you, you can't got go. You there. can't the stay there. Stay. Your dog couldn't stay. Wouldn't let her stay. It's just everybody. I feel like this is ridiculous because everybody's overreacting. There are four hotels or four resorts yeah. at Universal Studios that have been dog friendly this entire time, and I have seen them all, and they are beautiful resorts that 
Yeah, sometimes a bad dog, like a bad person, like mm-hmm. the celebrities that stay here and destroy mm. rooms, destroy True. rooms. But that is why Disney's uh, housekeeping service exists. That is why you're paying a fee. Is there to clean and make sure that the, the room is brand new to every single person that comes in. And it's just people's reaction are like, there hasn't been a pet hotel before. And this is the <laughs> brand newest thing. And I'm like, for me, Disney is way beyond the Oh, right. You, the know, game, you know, when change comes, the people yeah, get all like this. Well, so I think laughable. I think a lot of this is coming from the thought people are just thinking that every room at the resort now right, exactly. can have a dog in it. And, that's, I, I, and, and if Disney does that, I'll be stunned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm willing to bet good money right. that there's a block of rooms in each of these places that has been designated pet friendly. And those are the only rooms that will have pets in them. So if you have a pet allergy, you're not going to be put on that floor. You're not going to be put anywhere near that. If you don't have a pet, they're not going to be in the room next to you. Um, yeah, I think my thing with it is that <clears throat> I just can't. And I know people are really into their dogs, and I love dogs. Like, if I see you with your dog, I will come pet your dog. Like, that, you're not going to be able to get it away from me, like, to, to do that. But I just can't fathom not being able to go on a four- or five-day vacation and not have my dog with me. Like, it's just not – it's it's your dog. Like, it's great, that kind of thing that you have one, but – can we not take trips now without the dog needing to come on the trip as well? well? Again, like, it's it, a personal thing. You can't even take thing. it to the park. Yeah, like, sure. you can't. I, it'd be I'm one thing gonna, if you could take it in Magic yeah, Kingdom or something. I say the same thing about kids. Yeah. Why do we need to bring our kids with us on vacation? <laughs> and you know, that's funny. Some people, if they have an infant, they don't bring them. They'll bring mm-hmm. the older child and the baby gets left behind with yep. grandparents. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you, those kids to grow up with some major issues. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm not going to judge anybody oh, yeah. that wants to travel with their I want to travel with my dog. Um, I want to travel with my cat, but I can't. Yeah. This isn't for cats. I can't mm, bring her. Right, and only to be dogs. Honest, she'd be wonderful at a hotel. Right. She'd be better than any dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to hear from people after they've tried this. Like I said, it just started Sunday. I also think it's important to know that this is still officially a test. Mm-hmm. This isn't a new official policy. I mean, it is for the short term, but uh, in a year from now, if this goes horribly, like everyone's concerned it will then it won't be policy anymore. I don't think that's going to happen for the same reason that Rhino stated with the Universal, but we'll see. Which, in general, these prices don't apply to, like, service animals, right? No, uh, I, don't, no. I don't think so, no. Like, I mean, I'm sure they've been there all this time. Like, <laughs> but, it hasn't ever applied. But <clears throat> Then, okay, well, here's another interesting thing, because this drives me insane. People throw a service animal vest mm-hmm. on any dog that isn't trained... And because you can't ask, you can't ask, Mm -hmm. you can't say, what's the reason you have this service dog? Everybody's got to allow it. You don't have to provide any paperwork to justify why you have it. Um, And so, yeah, you know, that might be the the get around Mm -hmm. for this. The loophole in this is that, oh, if I have my service dog, then you have to give me any room. And I don't have to pay the 50 or $75 a night. Yeah, they can but, ask you what service the animal performs. And depending on your answer, it depends on what the dog can do. I didn't think they were allowed to ask. I, well, I literally just asked this question to my friend who works in guest relations yesterday while we were at Disney. I asked because I saw a lot of dogs at Disneyland yesterday or Sunday. So it was, it was crazy. And the dogs do have to go through special requirements before they're allowed to become a certified certo- service But you can easily animal. buy. You can easily buy. The service animal vest. Yeah, it's a big yeah. thing. It's a big thing that people mm-hmm. just buy this. It's like I saw one in the park. Wheelchair people to I, like come I let s- them on the rides. <laughs> I saw one in the park Saturday night when we were in California Adventure that was clearly mm. stitched on to a regular dog a dog jacket. See, and in that situation, I think it would be a cast member's job to be able to notice that something's off there, yeah. and do something about it in that situation. Um, it's, but you know, I, I, that is uh, a yeah. that's yeah, that's definitely a loophole in it. So uh, interest. It's going to be interesting to see how this how this goes, um, and what Disney does with this test. Does this test survive the year, um, or does you know, or what happens with it? I'm also interested to hear from people that have actually done this at Disney, um, and what your experiences were. I also want to hear your thoughts on allowing dogs at the resorts podcast at disunplug.com is the place to send your your emails and uh depending we might do a show just on that 
um, because it. Can't I was blown away when when I when I went to look when I went to look at mm-hmm. the uh, you know what threads were trending on the boards this past week. And I saw that I'm like, oh, people are really excited about <laughs> the dog. Thing. And then I went and read, it. I'm like, oh my god, it was not what I thought was going to happen. When we do the discussion episode, those of us who have emotional companions, we should bring those with us because <laughs> one of the corgis is an emotional companion. Fine, Penny's an emotional so companion. Know. I'm making a vest. <laughs> mine's paperwork and legit, oh, but really? I'm just saying. But it's not like I rescued an emotional companion corgi, so oh, I, I okay. technically have like two and a That's half so corgis. Cool. So the third one is an emotional companion. So, yeah. Well, Amanda keeps telling me that Abby's level of training right now, she could get certified as a service animal. Yeah. I said, have you seen what this dog does when someone walks in the house? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what a service dog does. Yeah. I've been waiting. They kept, you know, she, you know, they keep telling me that eventually she's going to stop. I mean, she jumps up, right? So she's she gets excited. excited. Yeah, it's excited, and she's gotten better with she it. She only does it one time, though. It's like she's trying to give you a high five. Uh huh. Yeah, but sure, unfortunately, I have backwards. <laughs> You know, and she's really good. Thank God, she's so good with my mother because that was my Ooh. biggest fear yeah. for the longest time. Abby's fifty pounds. I think my mother's about fifty pounds, <laughs> um, and I just have this. I, I, you know, I have this nightmare scenario in my head because Abby absolutely loves my mother. She goes nuts when she sees my mom, but what she does now because mom's here, you know, at least every Sunday for dinner, and. Abby hears her voice, and Abby gets all excited. She comes running up to my mother, and as soon as she gets to my mother, she drops to the floor and lays down. So she knows that she cannot jump up on mom. Now, Lisa and Bridget and I, you know, the other members of the family, you know, Abby bowls them over. But mom, she drops down. She knows she can't do it. Same way with uh, little kids. She's the same way with little kids. She understands that, you know, she could hurt somebody. But um, I, it's, it's my worst fear with her and my mom so all right let's go ahead and move on uh to our next discussion topic this week um an article that was uh put up on the diz this uh i think it was uh, yesterday um and just trying to find the contributor's name it's not showing up on this because i should have put up my script and i didn't By Andy. Just Andy. Nobody else. Just Andy. <laughs> Just Andy. Um, the top five very first things to do with a first-timer at Walt Disney World. And I, I think the reason I picked this is because all of us are so so incredibly far removed from being a first-timer at Disney World. And I think uh, probably the vast majority of our friends and family now are not first-timers. So I think maybe that perspective can get lost. There are a lot of first-timers, and there are a lot of people bringing guests with them mm-hmm. who are first-timers to Walt Disney World. So I thought it was uh, an interesting an interesting topic. Um, the five uh, in this order, number five, Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Um, great way. And this is about the first things you should do with a first-timer to Walt Disney World. What are the what's the first thing you should show them? So you're going at like eight illuminations. At night, I'm like, sorry, I have to disagree. They're going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I love illuminations. It's just confusing because illuminations it's a is amazing. It's a night okay, show. You really didn't know that I'm not a fan. No. I always talk about how it's really not my favorite thing. Well, because I think that's so crazy. I just tune it out. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, I could do without the big globe and the I don't know. It just takes so yeah. long. I. I, there's been many, many times that you know that people are still new to Disney when they see Illuminations for the first time, and they just they leave as soon as the first fireworks are over because they're bored and it's just the globe's just spinning. I love Illuminations. I would say if you're talking about a nighttime show for first timers, Happily Ever After is a lot better choice. Okay. Yeah. All right. If it, if no, I'm sorry. Time. I'm an Illuminations guy. <laughs> well, I no, love Illuminations. Like, there needs, to, there needs to be people that like it. I also <laughs> think for there first... Are all, I think we're in the vast majority, personally, but I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised there's anybody who doesn't. I think, though, uh, I agree with Craig, because Happily Ever After is quintessential Disney, and Illuminations, you kind of have to be a Disney Parks person, and if these people are first-timers mm-hmm. to the Disney Parks, it's a little bit... They don't... Okay, back that up. Because there's Disney movie integration, the music, where uh, 
it's about it's about a global community. It's not right, but really the people a, that are coming. Disney World, I think of like Mickey Mouse, Mouse and, and Cinderella and, and the Disney the, movies. attractions. And the they don't have that. First timers don't have the perspective that we do, where we love Illuminations. Okay, but we love we love that stuff because we're massive Disney fans. A first timer to Walt Disney World very possibly is not going to be crazy Disney fan. So. I would think Illuminations, especially World Showcase, um, that whole environment, I think that's probably the best way to introduce somebody to Disney without shoving Mickey Mouse, Cinderella, and everything else down their throat I, the minute they walk in the park. I see your perspective, but I think that's not what they came for. Yeah. Like, right. they came for Mickey Mouse, and they came, like, even if it's their first time, they're I disagree. Them. I didn't. Well, let's say they're just. I going. didn't. I did not. I my first time coming to Disney World had absolutely nothing to do with I think Mickey Mouse. Though it, I don't know. I, I, don't I know. just think it, let's so let's put it in. Let's back up then even further and just say somebody's coming for their first experience because they've heard about this thing called Disney World and they don't know what it's all about and they're like, all right, I'm going to go here and I'm going to see it. I and if we're going to say what's the very first thing I'm going to show you, I would take them to the Magic Kingdom because I think that park other than Animal Kingdom has the most thorough and com- like theming and like is impressed like you, you know because it's been here the longest it's had the most built up it's it has a lot of innovative stuff in it things that you know I, and I, I love Epcot I love Illuminations I love Fantasmic is probably my favorite thing but like I I would show them the Magic Kingdom because that's the one where I'm like this is they're all something else disagree you know end with that <laughs> And and stro- fine if if I'm if I'm going to buy into your argument here, then I'm going to say if it's that great, caught on a high. Then note. let that be the last thing they see. Take them to the Magic Kingdom on their last day. Let the last thing they do before they go home is see Happily Ever After. I'm right, you're wrong. Now. Which, from what I saw, that was <laughs> from what did we watch this morning. From wrong, wrong. From what I saw, like the comments and the article itself was, was talking about like. I didn't put happily ever after in because it should be a last thing. But to me, I'm confused about what the article is anyway. Well, yeah, so just they're because disappointed I'm like, with illuminations. Right. They're going to be thrilled. You work your way up. But I'm Sorry. Confused. Like, is it a thing of like, these are things you do day one at Disney? I thought it was like when you first go in the park, what's the first thing you're going to take someone uh, to do? Yeah. Because like most of the stuff is at night. So I don't. The opening paragraph of the article states like, don't take them to Stitch. Don't take them to that. So like, they're clearly saying, you know, Start out on the high things, so right. I, I guess th- that's confusing me so too. So just go at eight forty-five, well, and then they're like, "There you go, you're there at night." Yeah, and this is turning into the McLaughlin Group. Um, <laughs> as it, and if you don't know what the reference is, uh, do a search on McLaughlin Group SNL. Uh, Dana Carvey is John <laughs> McLaughlin doing the roundtable on Sunday mornings. Hysterical. We were just watching it, and that's exactly what this is turning this into. Episode of Vlog is <laughs> brought to you by Metamucil. <laughs> yeah. All right, number four. That Andy has in the list. Um, okay, I want to see if anybody's going to disagree with this. <laughs> Tusker House at the Animal Kingdom, the, uh, the character breakfast. Um, I mean, it's a thing to do, but I don't think it's something that's like quintessential Disney, like, you must okay, go to Tusker House. You've all like, fallen down and hit, I, hit your heads. I'd actually agree with this one because I think character dining is something you should do on your first vacation, yes. and I think this is actually and you get, the best character you get dining. The big, yeah. You get the big five. At this, at this uh, meal, it, and it's, it's good absolutely, meal. Yeah. without a doubt, the best buffet breakfast, mm-hmm. with the possible exception of Boma at Animal Kingdom Lodge at Walt Disney World. And they get, a lot of character dining, they don't really give you a ton of time. Here, they give you a ton of time to, to spend with your family. I, I definitely agree with that one. Uh I've been there. I have no I, idea. I, I, Steve and I went. I went for the first time with Steve, and I did have a great experience. And if we're s- exclusively talking about character dining right here, I think this is probably the best character dining. I haven't experienced a lot of them, so I, I can't. There's a big asterisk on that. If we're talking about we're taking them to something where it's a meal and a show or a meal and something, my vote is Hoop-dee-doo. always going to be for hoop doo at Fort Wilderness. Only because yeah. it was something when I was a kid. I never it never existed, and it's something that I think is. At its spirit, very Disney, but it's also, like you talked about earlier, not shove the mouse down your throat, Disney. It's kind of like, it's the spirit of, you're in the frontier, and, you know, and there's this kind of, like, traveling, this timeless traveling show that I don't Mm -hmm. know when it's from. I love it. You know, and it's, I love the food there, and it's just, I love... 
looking around during that show when everyone's got the spoon thing and they're hitting it, and I think, all right, who am I going to hit with the spoon? (laughs) Like, who am I? You know, but you don't think you don't think it's going to come across as hee haw live. I don't know what that is. You don't know what hee haw. Like, is that the type of music? No, <gasps> Hee Haw's was a no, television a show. show. Oh, okay. a variety I feel, show. I finally feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Well, I, I am somebody who I, I, on paper, when I think about that, I was like, if somebody like was like, oh, it's a show they do this, I went, no. Um, but when, not, when I saw I agree, it, it's a phenomenal show. Right. It's one of those, like, I think you have to see it and feel it mm-hmm. to, to, to really understand With the character it. breakfast, you don't get that. Yeah. You know, you get to eat and they come around and you get your interaction, but it's not a show. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I'll agree with you, but I also don't, I would say Andy's not wrong. No, like, I not. think both are kind of right yeah. in my opinion. No, Andy's absolutely right. Yeah. Andy's been right two for two so far in my book. Okay. <laughs> also, remember, too, the article is from the aspect that us as Disney experts are taking a first timer. Right. And that's, you know, even on paper, they might think hoop de doo sounds weird, but we have to overcome them and say, just trust. I force everyone I know to go to that thing now. So that's one of those, like, my family back like, now, and I'm like, oh, you're going, or you're not coming to the park. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three on Andy's list here, Festival of Fantasy Parade. I do not agree with this. I do agree with that. That's the one I agree with. It's the parade. It's like all the Disney characters in a parade. I love the parade. There's a fire-breathing well, dragon. I mean, like hello. A, yeah, I'm going to lean toward yes on this one, too. I don't. I can't believe it's so debatable. Like, no, the I don't parade. think there's a debate. Like, that's how I like, felt about illuminations. <laughs> I know Welcome. I feel that way about illuminations. I, <laughs> I love illuminations. I just don't like. I, 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 in Florida, it's extremely. It, it's like they pick the hottest time of day to send the yeah, parades outside, people. and it does require. It's very popular. I'm not disagreeing with anybody that wants to see this parade. I'm not in love with this parade. I find that I don't overall enjoy parades too often, but some exceptions are like Soundational at Disneyland, Paint the Night at Disneyland, and then, you know, I like the nighttime parades. Oh, I love, basically I love everything our, at Disneyland? No, I love Boo to You. I love, and Boo to You. And, but, uh, I, I, so I like those parades, so it seems like the ones that are a little more higher energy, like, but the Florida humidity will suck the life out of anything in the world. And sometimes I feel like you 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 get there and you're just standing and waiting and the parade finally goes through. I do agree. The parade, the float with the fire, fire, dree, fire breathing dragon is awesome. But I don't overall enjoy that parade because it. I liked the one that was before it. I, that was an, oh, really? a Disney World. Really? Or maybe two before it. The, the one where they all wore white and had the color sashes across. It was he, after the year of a million dreams. He absolutely loved the last the glass float. That was uh, only reused 19 times throughout different parades. Float? The yeah, I don't even float? remember that. I I, I I remember one that was set to that Corbin Blue "Time of Your Life" song. That that parade. Uh, yeah, I don't know what yeah. that was. Oh, whatever. Get over yourself. It. <laughs> no, it's. Um, I don't like parades, anyways. I wouldn't take them to a single daytime parade. But at Disney. You know, if I That's really, wrong. if I really want to spike our views. I'm going to put guns in everybody's hands. (laughs) (laughs) One bullet. (laughs) Disney parks, part of that is having a parade involved. Like, that is quintessential. And in Walt Disney World, unless you count Captain Phasma walking down Hollywood Studios, that's the only parade we currently have. So, taking a first timer to Walt Disney World. You have no other option but watching this. I agree. And that's my, my, my. Hang up right now is I wish there was a nighttime parade still because the, my grandma like she loves uh, Spectre Magic and stuff like that and so like I I always think about how much more enjoyable it is to watch a nighttime parade so I, do, I, I wish say, that could be a I thing. I totally to share. enjoyed yeah, the nighttime no, parades. I, agree I always that. did. I agree with you, and, and mostly because of the heat. But I believe the characters in this new parade they're a little more interactive. Like you know, even though Captain Hook and all these other people are yeah. way up high, they might look right at you and point at you, and they're just really like that's why I like sensational. I mean, like, I don't know. I yeah, just... I, I, you know, I on this one, I, I mean, I love the Festival of Fantasy Parade. I think it's a great parade. I think it's the best afternoon parade they've had in a very, very long time. Whether or not this is where I'd start, first thing to do with the first time at Walt Disney World, I don't know. Yeah. Um, number two, though, this is where the wheels come off the wagon, Andy. No. Fantasmic. You have to say this. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Okay. All right. All right. All right. Love Hold on. Is, are you using that word the wrong way? <laughs> okay. There's too many. If you have things, seen it, like water screens. Like Hold they on. Should do less. Hold on. Okay. If you have seen it at Disneyland, 
Mm-hmm. And then you go and see it at Disney World. Yeah. You want to kill yourself because it is so bad here. Disneyland is so much better. Disneyland yeah. is so much better. And I feel like we got stuck with the redheaded stepchild of Fantasmics. <laughs> and I left out a word, um, a B word <laughs> uh, from that. But I, 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 I do not like our Fantasmic. I think if this is the first thing you show somebody. They're going to leave. They're okay. gonna, then they're going to leave. When I, when then I, they're going to leave. When I moved here. Uh, they're going to think, what did I do to you <laughs> that this is what you're doing to me now? We came for my grad night in 2003, and I missed it by like two minutes. Like I couldn't get back in the park. And so then when I moved here 10 years ago, I was like, uh, I'm going to see this thing, you know, Fantasmic. And I sat in my seat, and I remember being like blown away. Like I would, if I wasn't working, I, this was something I used to go back to the parks and do, and I loved it. And then I saw it not long ago here for the first time in like six or seven years since whenever they put it down to the two days a week it got way too busy and it wasn't fun to sit in the crowd anymore and and then now I've gone to Disneyland and seen the Disneyland Fantastic and I know Disneyland Disneyland but theirs got the tender love and care it needed and deserved and so it's like kept up with the times well, it's it's been it's been theirs, theirs was a passion project not built by Imagineering but built by entertainment and that's why and then having it on an intimate setting where you're very close down to the rivers of America, it's all set up to work here. Mm-hmm. Then they just replicated it out here and took away everything. The the, they took away all the charm and made it more about a giant stadium spectacle. And that's not at all what it is. But, but I, if I'm going in from the perspective of somebody who's maybe never been to a Disney theme park and this is their first time to Disney World, they don't know anything about Disneyland, I'm going to go back to the me I was when I moved Hold here. Up. You said it, Disneyland. Are we talking about World or Land? The World one. I'm talking about the World <laughs> one. So you've never been to Disneyland, you've never been to Disney World and you're coming here and I'm taking a first time Disney person and I'm going to remember how I felt the first time I saw Fantasmic. And no, I didn't feel like that the last time I saw it because now I'm like, this is a cheap version of the show that's not as good as the other one. It does have too many bubble effects in it. And the dragon doesn't look as cool as I remember. And they've changed it a little bit. But it's still like, I remember, like, I was so into it and, like, obsessed with it. Like, I have to imagine somebody that's never seen it before is going to react in a similar way, too. Well, I'm looking at it now from a spoiled person out there perspective. That they enjoy it, too. There is definitely that possibility. <laughs> There's that possibility. <laughs> the first time, the first pray time to I all saw things it. holy, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I saw it, I hated it. It wasn't until then you took me to Disneyland and you booked the, the dessert package. I'm like, okay, this is a great way to start off uh, Disneyland mm-hmm, going mm-hmm, to see mm-hmm, Fantasmic. Mm-hmm. And then... It turned me around. Say the words. Say the words. You were right. Thank you. Uh, But I'm in the perspective of the first time I saw it in Walt Disney World, it was with nothing else going into it. As a massive Disney fan growing up, I hated it. It was long, boring, too many gaps in it. It's it's not a great show here. All right. And number one on Andy's list, Let the Magic Begin. The Magic Kingdom Welcome Show was perfectly designed to start your day in the park. So it's a wonderful way to start your vacation. I think I think you fell down, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> you fell down. Uh, I uh, watching a watching a bunch of overdressed people in ninety degree heat lip sync on uh, on, a st- on the on st- the It just it, my my thing is too is that it's not like it's a cute thing for the people who got up early to go in the morning. Would I waste my time? It, it, have I done other things and then go see it? Maybe because uh, I've never seen it. Sure, but like <laughs> why? I mean, I have seen it now, but like it it just. Well, I don't understand. See, what Andy, doesn't, what Andy does not explain in this article, though, is is the first timer he is bringing to the park someone he likes? <laughs> <laughs> or is this someone you're trying to get even with? Um, if, if you're trying to get even with him, let the magic begin. If it was... Absolutely. If it was, like, the very first day and... Um, they were they were watching the train show, the old one there, and they didn't know how Disney parks opened up in the morning. That's a little different. That's kind of a unique thing. Anymore, it, it sucks. I would have used this space for something like Pirates or Haunted Mansion or a marquee e-ticket attraction. It's like, wow, this Disney's different from my regional theme park. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why Soarin' isn't on that list, but okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, the, I mean, the Castle Show. I like that it at least has like a few. I mean, it has like the major, like the Fab Five kind of characters. Well, I guess Pluto's not there, but um, they. Uh, so it has that. I mean, it has like Anna and Elsa, and that's a big thing. Like if you're taking somebody for the first time, it has like a few of the quintessential characters and stuff. It's not the first thing I do when I got in the park, but like 
you know 11:30 show or something and be like, yeah, just stop by and watch it, like that kind of thing. But it's not like a required. Wait, are you talking about the welcome the show? show? Yeah. Wait, what, are you talking about the back show or the first show outside? Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Okay, then yes, yeah, yeah, that show. Yeah, I would watch that. So that'd be oh. good. All right. So lively discussion, folks. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to rapid fire, and we'll start with you, Mr. Clavin. Okay, so mine is about this uh, new app called Movies Anywhere. Amazing. Um, yes, yeah, so this um, went live while we were just out uh, on our trip uh, just a couple days ago. Um, five of the six major studios, Sony, uh, Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Studios, 20th Century Fox, and Universal... Oh, and Warner Brothers, yeah, are teaming with Amazon Video, Google Play, iTunes, and Vudu to kind of create this seamless digital uh, library. So if you are somebody who's bought uh, Blu-rays with the digital copy from Disney and you bought them from wherever, you know you've faced the struggle where sometimes they you can redeem them in your choice, including iTunes, and then sometimes you're forced, like the Sony ones, to use the Sony website or you were, had to use um, Ultraviolet or whatever. So now this service, completely free, you just go in, you register each one of your accounts in this app and it puts them all together but as an added bonus it also moves them into the other libraries as well so now my itunes library is showing all of my sony movies is it really yes and i didn't know this the day that we signed up for it either so um because a friend of mine signed up for it and he was telling me as he went he was just very excited so not all of your movies from every digital library show up because like we said it's the five Mm -hmm. of the six major studios but this is a free service there is an app for apple tv there's an app for your roku there's an app for your uh, I don't know about Roku, but there's one for your all those Google. Oh, if there's one, Play, on, if there's Amazon. one on Roku, then game over for me. But but yeah, so it's it's essentially like I'm getting all these digital copies of Sony movies, movies I love, but I never watch because I can't watch them on my Apple TV. But now there's a thing that'll bring them all together. And it sounds stupid and small, but it's nice, especially when you've got all your Disney movies together with everything else. Mm-hmm. So sign up for it, do it. Um, we did, we signed up for it, and it was it was awesome. pretty great. Yeah. yeah, I'm really happy. I got with the it. email, I just haven't signed up because I have the my Disney movies anywhere. Yeah, you see, so me, we had to change to this. I yeah. don't buy the Blu-rays, but. I've bought I've got a lot of movies on iTunes. I bought things on Amazon. I bought things on Google Play, and it's really nice to have them all yes. in one place. Yeah, that's really especially cool. when you're going on a Disney vacation. Well, and you need something a lot to of download times, on the airplane. I would give up, especially when they were Universal movies or not Disney movies. Yeah. It's so hard to get to the website and to get everything you need to yeah. get your digital copy. Yeah. and I was just like, oh, forget it. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you, Rhino. Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Mine is uh, for. October being National Bully Prevention Month, um, the Club Mickey Mouse show has released a new music video they made called Be Okay. Uh, the music feature uh, stresses the importance of silver linings through life's rough patches, and the support of friends can do anything to o- help you overcome. So, wait, it is very. Me and Charles sweet. talked about this because he wrote this article up, Charles Boda, mm-hmm. and he says. If they're being bullied, couldn't part of the problem be that they don't have friends to go to? Like, you know, mm, as a like, support system. Yes. Yeah. It's like kind of a so salt what, in the what wound. is yeah, right, yeah. salt in the wound to someone that's being bullied that doesn't have friends that then tries to listen to this song seems a little weird. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's I haven't listened to the song. Is it trying to get other kids to help kids that are being bullied? Not really. If okay. it didn't actually show that it if it didn't say this is a bully prevention song, I wouldn't would know. Have. It actually sounds like a uh, song by the Alicia Cara girl. I don't oh, know. Yeah. It, okay. it sounds like a similar I mean, so it sounds actually like radio friendly and yeah, stuff. So when you were playing it, yeah. I didn't know what it no, was. It, yeah, but it, it when they said like, oh, this is about helping overcome life's obstacles or whatever, I was like, whoa, was it? Like everything like I did not realize that or whatever, but You weren't um, listening correctly. Yeah, I guess I wasn't. Yeah. No. It's uh it was neat uh the the comments were very colorful on the video so it was a good variety of um this has inspired me i love this and then a lot of comments about like yes there's a mix of races but not a mix of weights and all these other types of health and all that kind of stuff people in the video yeah Yeah, i'm like oh my god it's like come on so they're disappointed that they weren't like a good variety of like handicapped and overweight and all that kind of stuff i'm like okay like cool like i guess like so hey people are gonna find no matter how good the intent is Mm -hmm. and how uh how honest the effort is people are going to find something wrong with it Mm -hmm. um if you're always looking to be excluded you will find a way to do it Mm -hmm. um and uh so yeah but all right thank you for that sean 
Steven? Okay, so the upcoming ABC and Disney Channel holiday specials will film uh, in the Disney parks between November 3rd and the 7th. Uh, this is a tradition. Every year they do this, and uh, they have the performances on the stage at Cinderella Castle, and then out in Disneyland they have the Christmas Day Parade. They used to have the Christmas Day Parade here also, but they I don't know if they're doing that anymore. I guess they're not. Um, it's only available for cast members, um, but it will probably cause some traffic situations in the parks where if they're filming in front of Cinderella Castle, you know, in the middle of the day, you might, if you're there during the thir- November 3rd through the 7th, you might not be able to get right up to the castle during, you know, the afternoon hours. So just important to know. Okay. Thank you for that, Steve. Julie. Okay, so um, the Candlelight Processional, they have added some new narrators. Some big news here. I'm, I'm, uh, the first one I can't... Oh, I have a crush on him. Um, Disney legend and film icon Kurt Russell. Ooh, Everybody loves him. The first time he's doing it, too, I believe. I, I'm not sure. I don't want to say that for certain. But yeah, because it does say that there are a lot of new faces, so maybe he is yeah. one of them. Um, as well as Olympic gymnast and winner of sil- both silver and gold medals, Laurie Hernandez. If you guys, She's super cute. I, I hope I'm she does a good job. Um, and then uh, also returning will be Anna Gosteyer. You know, oh. she's the actress and comedian. And then, um, of course, Jodie Benson is going to be returning. Yay. And if you don't know, she was the voice of Ariel from the Disney classic The Little Mermaid, as well as Barbie in Toy Story. <laughs> and an absolutely amazing woman. Been very, uh, very honored to have met her a few times when we've done events with her. She did a concert for us for our 20th anniversary back in June. She's done a couple of our podcast cruises. Um, and she's she's unbelievable. She's as authentic as they get. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, always great to see Jody Benson. Very excited about Kurt Russell. I know. Very I excited like about see. Kurt Russell. So, all right. Thank you, Julie Craig. Okay. Uh, mine is that the tickets are now available for Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. If you don't know what this is, it is the VR experience that is going to be coming this holiday season to... Uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World at Disney Springs, Downtown Disney at Disneyland. Uh, the VR experience hyper reality, as they dub it, is done by The Void, and uh, it's going to cost $30 to be a part of it, which I think is a really good deal it is. for an add-on experience. Has anybody bought tickets yet? Mm-hmm. We need to get tickets. Okay. so Please don't buy one for me. <laughs> oh, come on. I figured you'd be the first one Just there. save your money, okay? <laughs> we need to get one for Kevin. Yes, Kevin Kevin and Julie. Kevin and Julie will be the first ones to go check it out. All right, thank you for that, Craig. Uh, before we wrap up today, I thought we'd uh, try something a little different in a segment I'm calling uh, Disney versus Disney. And I wanted to ask the, the, the table mm-hmm. their opinions. Halloween, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party versus Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Which one is better, Sean? Uh, For me, it's the Halloween Party. I like it better, uh, mostly because Christmas time in Florida is just not the same as it is other places I've lived throughout my life. It's too hot, and I just... I still haven't mentally gotten to that point of feeling Christmassy with like 85 degree heat, even at night, even it's in Christmas. Christmas. But Who I cares love what the temperature Christmas. Is? <laughs> I love Christmas. I just am like, it doesn't feel like Christmas. So I'm like, oh, it's so hot, but there's like the snow and all that kind of. So I can't compare it together. And I'd rather have the candy than I would gingerbread cookies. So personally. All right. Craig? Uh, well, kind of countering Sean's, my favorite is actually the. The Christmas party. And for the exact reason that he just said, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Granted, not every year that we had we had snow, but you know, a lot of those years it was always cold, very snowy. Down in Florida, it's impossible to get in the Christmas spirit, except when you're at something like mm-hmm. the uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, and you have snow on Main Street, you have the lights lighting everything, or, or the castle lights, and Christmas music playing throughout the parks. That's that is like the one time that I actually feel uh, a little bit of home and charm during Christmas because any other day that I'm just at home, even though I might have Christmas music playing and stuff, it's just another average day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Christmas isn't as special down here for me. So this I know it, you guys are it's, weird. It, it's just <laughs> and I'm weird. I know weird. No, it, it's my thing. <laughs> Married weird. <laughs> I, lo- I love Halloween party, but for me also, it's, I'll, I'll see how the Christmas party is this year when we go and cover it. But 
I finally hit the stale point for the Halloween party. It's there's I, I think the parade needs updated. Hocus Pocus, I think if they don't update it <laughs> next year, that needs updated again. Uh, that show doesn't have a lot of repeatability for me mm. personally. And well, happy hello wishes. I just I don't find it entertaining. The anymore. things I learn about the people that work for me uh, in these segments. I don't know. All right, thank you, Craig. Steve. I 100% agree with Craig, and I was actually thinking of all those talking points while Sean was talking, that I love it for the feel of Christmas, because now that I live in Florida, I don't have the snow, I don't have the... (laughs) You don't have that feeling, and it's 85 degrees out. I also will say, the lows lows at night during the Halloween party and during the Christmas party, it's always going to be... 10 degrees colder during the Christmas party traditionally. Mm-hmm. So it's also just nicer temperatures during the Christmas party. So you agree the Christmas party? Christmas party. Okay. So right now it's one vote one for Halloween, two. two votes for Christmas. Julie, what about mm, you? It is tough, I will say this. <laughs> but I will pick Christmas because I feel like Halloween is more stressful. I have children. You guys don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, the getting dressed up. Making sure you have a costume that you're not going to sweat to death in. Mm. And it has has rained on us for the past three years. You guys have the worst luck. It's so, unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, and not Last just year rain. I was a drowned raccoon. <laughs> not just, it's not just rain. It's deluge. <laughs> it's like biblical when you go. It's uh, like, And usually for you guys on the first party night. On the first party night. We get so it. that kind of puts a damper on things for me. And then trying to make sure you hit all those trick-or-treat spots. And then plus trying to do dance parties and whatever else is going on. We didn't get to see the parade because of the rain, and it didn't go off until go on until like eleven thirty, and we were gone by that time. Mm. So Christmas for me, I like that it's a slower feel. I love Christmas. I love Halloween mm-hmm. too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love dressing up, but going to a theme park and doing it is just miserable. Um, I do it for my children, and I do have a good time. But don't get me wrong, when we're done, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so Christmas for me, I want to be able to maybe throw on a little sweater. Mm-hmm. I like the fake snow. I didn't grow up with snow, so that's why I'm giving you guys a hard time. We're like, I miss snow. And would you really move back up there oh, and no, shovel no, snow? Exactly. Not. So get with it, guys. It's Florida. And it's I wish be it Christmas, would snow one day a year in Florida. So on Christmas and that's it and then not again so So I love it I love that I can go outside and play on the new toys with my kids at Christmas so Christmas party all the way bring on the fake snow because I don't want the real stuff (laughs) All right, I don't have to ask the question but I will anyway okay because it's Mickey's not so scary for me all the way because I also think it's a better value than the Christmas party because one you get all that candy you get to go Mm trick-or-treating which is not a thing that is as normalized here as it is straight to the waistline yeah, oh, I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> but like, I think about how I've seen the trick or treaters here. It's not like where I was back home in neighborhoods where you just went trick or treating. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, it, everyone's out there, and I, I, you know, so that's the closest thing I can get to my holiday back there. Halloween is my favorite holiday. I also love Christmas, but the Christmas parade becomes the normal parade at the Magic Kingdom the last two weeks of Christmas. And I understand you're coming not during that time, but it also airs on television. Nobody ever sees the boot to you except for now Disney does the live streaming stuff, so I'm already incorrect about that, but whatever. Um, Plus, you must have never watched the Christmas parade because it is just commercials left and right with no parade. It's no fun. Oh my god, okay, first world problems. But if when when, when you're poor and it's all you can watch, there it is. But um, my thing is, like, it, you get. I do love the Hocus Pocus show. I'm not disagreeing that eventually stuff will need to be added to it. I hope by next year, too. But I love that castle show. I think it's a lot of fun. I love that it can be spooky but friendly, too. So it is still like a family oriented event. I, I do like Halloween. I do agree with the advancement and technology with um, the dreams come true. I do think some castle projections would be nice to be added to it to up the value. But that's not what I'm talking about. I just, I love it because you can never see all of that stuff unless you go here. But a lot of that other Christmas stuff becomes normal stuff. And I don't care what you say. It's still way hotter here in, at Christmas in December than it is where I'm from, where it's a, it's a tundra and you're just freezing to death. So it's hotter than I'm used to either way. And I, I do love the Halloween costume stuff. I know it can be stressful too. Um, I mean, I love seeing the costumes too. It is great. But from a parental perspective, it, it's a very long, difficult yeah. night. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, you've seen my, I've burned my hand on that glue gun. And so like when I made my own costume, it was just me. Um, so <laughs> I, I do love the snow on Main Street. I think that is very magical. But other than the snow on Main Street, like I, I don't like the Christmas party really that much at all. All right. Well, for me, uh, and I've gone back and forth about this because in general, 
I really prefer the Christmas season um, over, you know, the fall season. Um, I love them both, but when it, if I'm gonna if I'm just gonna hone in on the parties, um, I, I've got to give the nod to Halloween. Um, I think it is a better value. Um, I also think it just I don't know. It, it's like I think for me it it marks like when the Halloween party starts. It's, yeah. It marks okay. That time of the year is here, mm-hmm. and it you know it starts with that, and then food and wine festival, and then the Christmas season, and it's just my absolute favorite, 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 favorite time of year uh, in in Florida. Um, I I kind of wait all year for this to start. Yeah. Um, and I love the way Disney does the Halloween party. Um, I agree uh, with the you know the, you have the trick or treating stations, you have just the whole atmosphere and I don't know there's just something about it so I do love the Christmas party but I look more forward to Halloween than I do uh, the the Halloween party versus the Christmas party I I just want to ask about just from the perspective of the guys who prefer Halloween why it's a better value because for me if you want to go and buy like a hot chocolate or a cookie at Disney on an average day you're getting up towards ten dollars. I'm that, getting. Ba- I'm, I'm walking out with major bags of candy. I was just but say, candy it's, it's doesn't cost that much money in stores. Though. But it's the idea of the takeaway. It's the idea of being able to, in a safe environment, experience trick or treating. Not everybody has oh, yeah. that opportunity in 2017, especially now to go from house to house to go. So and you're not talking they, monetary value. You're talking. I am talking monetary as well. I, I do I do think so, only because everything there is incredibly exclusive to that event, whereas some of the Christmas stuff leaks into the everyday events. Okay, looking the at the, the lowest price available for the Halloween party versus the lowest price available for the Christmas party, it's a $15 difference. It's $15 more expensive for Christmas party than Halloween party, and they're handing out tons of free candy. So for me, that's what I'm going on now. Also, the Halloween night ticket... For Mickey's uh, not so scary is one hundred and fifteen dollars versus the top price for Christmas at one hundred and nine. So I don't know, but that candy you're paying for it. It's not free. You paid for that ticket. But seventy four dollars. I know, but I'm not getting, and I'm not, and I'm I not, think that's why they charge you seventy four dollars for right, that but, candy. But I'm paying eighty nine dollars at Christmas and not getting any candy. Oh no, I'm just saying that you definitely are paying for the candy. You're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but totally you know what? Free. It's, it, but, it's yeah. an illusion. Yeah, it's an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know that, but that's not even the major point for me. The candy isn't the major point. Um, it's you know, it's personal. It's and nobody's wrong. Well, no, maybe no. maybe a little. Uh, Craig is always a little wrong, oh. but. You know, it, it's it's about it's about personal preference, and we're split right down the middle here. Um, mm. Three for Halloween. Well, why didn't Corey text in and vote? <laughs> <laughs> three for Halloween and three for Christmas. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Again, podcast at disunplugged.com. Tell us what you prefer, Halloween party or Christmas party, and oh, why. Gosh, the emails can and, explode. And that, well, Sean takes care of the emails. Guys, so I don't care so much <laughs> sure. about that. That is going to do it for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. 